Hello, bienvenue and welcome to Oblivious Book Review, the podcast where we speak about our recent readings and a lot of other things. Today, your hosts are Sander and Elio. And today we are going to speak about what we think about when we try not to think about global warming, a book by Per Etnes Stockness. Hey Sander, how are you? Yeah, Elio. Good, good. And you? I'm good. Hey, I wanted to tell you about the book I've read recently. Mm -hmm. Which one did you read? It's called uh, What We Think About When We Try Not To Think About Global Warming. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about it? No, I never about the book. I heard about uh, global warming, which is of course a very hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a pretty good book. What I liked about it is that it's uh, cut in three big parts. Mm. Uh, the first part is thinking, and he asks questions about um, since 60 years that we're doing a kind of climate action and that a lot of people are trying to focus on climate change, it seems we've made very little progress. Mm. So he's asking the question, why is that so? Uh, the second part is uh, doing, and I like that because I'm, when I think when we speak about climate change and global warming, it's nice to know what to do. Many people can feel lost, so I like it, mm. and I'm the doing person, so I like it. Yeah. And the first part is being. It's like a bit more about the spiritual part of the book, like who to be if you, in, in face of this information, in order to improve how to deal with uh, climate change, who to be and how to be inside of you, like it's quite spiritual. And I would say this part is, I don't like, I didn't like it as much as the others. Mm. Uh, and what is very cool about this book is that this guy is looking at the psychology of climate change And he's looking at um, why, from psychological point of view, are we not assessing climate change so much? Because if you will look at it, it's not so hard to mm. do it. It's really not so hard. It's just like uh, putting a price on carbon and agreeing uh, between nations. Like, seriously, it's not something that is that complicated, actually. Mm. It's something we could know how to do, uh, but we're not really doing it. And so he explains, he gives uh, five big psychological barriers we are facing and five kind of uh, way to overcome this barrier. So if you want, I can tell you about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure. very interested. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> you like to listen to me today? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, so like the five barriers. <laughs> uh, like five barriers is like psychological barriers uh, to the climate message or to climate action. Like why are we not taking much more action uh, towards climate? Mm. Well, he gives you five points. Which one are those? So, it would be the distance, the doom, the dissonance, the denial, and the identity. Uh -huh. So, like, the, the distance will be that uh, climate change or climate problems, they seem very far from us. They seem, like, far ge geographically. Like, for example, it's happening uh, in Africa. It's always happening far from us. It's never, like, someone you know, someone that was... There is never people that you know, someone that doesn't know them. Mm. It's always so far. It's like uh, people have difficulties with recognizing the, the problem itself because it's so far away. Exactly. It's far from you, it's far from you socially, like it's people who don't uh, live the same life as us, they have problems with like ice melting. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in Sweden right now, so there is a bit of ice, but uh, we don't have so much problem with uh, big ice beds really. <laughs> um, and that's quite a lot more. Even nowadays, like if you go 
to a place like Holland, they can already notice the difference already. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like if I if you would think back about my childhood, I I can already see we don't have already that much snow in the winters anymore like we had before. So like the distance is reducing. So is this a good news? Maybe, or I become just older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you have, of course, if you get older, you get more experience about it. Mm. Like how seasons change over time. I guess it helps. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but from what I read, a lot of people when they get older, usually they tend to focus less on climate and care less about it. Uh, well, well, it's usually young really people that are really focused on climate. Yeah. Because they have a future ahead. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. you know, people are uh, not as concerned. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, that makes also sense because if you are young, I would say, you will have to carry the burden of the climate change on your yeah. shoulders. Which is, it's not far ahead anymore, right? It's not, I think it's, personally, it's probably within even one generation and we will face a lot of difficulties with it. Mm-hmm. Or even shorter than that, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. have to, I have to move, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like the first uh, barrier is the descent. Mm. And the second one is the doom. So doom is the fact that when we give message about what is happening with the climate, it's usually something very terrible that will happen to us and something uh, extremely dangerous. Like we speak about ice melting, polar bears dying, um, a lot of uh, population of people are suffering, like it is suffering. So a classic uh, answer, psychological answer from the people to that is, I don't want to hear about it. Like I go away, this is too dangerous, uh, a doom thing. We, we have a protection mechanism that is preventing us from being around it. So we don't, we, we won't look at it. So like this is, one way that the climate people are um, talking about uh, the message I try to transmit that is not so... Not working. Not one of the reasons. That's the second barrier. But there is three more coming. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when you think about this message, what they try to, to get to reach to people, like common people who are not really into uh, in the daily life uh, working with it, like, I don't know, people in offices or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and if you only hear those stories on the television or the radio, it's only about big storms, uh, f- uh, floods or droughts yeah. or, or some certain type of those big catastrophes. So I think the message in general is, I guess, not the right, sometimes not the right way, right? I that, think that's what he seems to say, the author's book. Oh, and his name is Per Espen Stockness, oh, by the way. Okay. But I, I hope I'm not uh, destroying his name. <laughs> <laughs> is he uh, sweet or no? Uh, he's Norwegian, ah, I think. Okay. That makes <laughs> sense with that Per. Yeah. And so, like, Doom is, is a big thing, but like, there are three other barriers to that. Mm. And there are two, the two next barriers that cannot go together. So, the third barrier is dissonance. And so, it's the difference between. When you receive a climate message, it will kind of create a problem in you because your everyday life cannot agree with what you hear because it will go against every things you do every day. Mm. You're taking the car every day, you're taking the work you do, use oil, and then we're telling you that the oil you use is wrong. Mm. 
But you've made plans with this life already. You plan to buy a car in five years, to buy your house, to uh, maybe have some uh, children, so like a terrible monster in your home. Like that was the, the idea you made of your life. And then someone comes and tells you, well, all of that is not possible. You, this is wrong. This is destroying the planet. But you don't want to destroy the planet. Yeah. So you have a psychological mechanism that is like, you can have a few arguments that come in, in defense, and this is denial. This is the fourth barrier. Dissonance is kind of powering denial. Mm. And denial is like you will find argument, for example, um, science is not really backing climate change, or um, there Trump, are some Trump uh, yeah, that position. Is a very good example. Or you can say, uh, well, uh, a common example of denial is with smoking. Like so, someone mm. is smoking, and then you tell him smoking will cause you cancer, and then you can find argument. Well, I have an uncle; he smoked all his life, and he's fine. Yeah. But then there is uh, my, my sister; she never smoked, and then she has cancer. Mm. So that can be the kind of argument you will have in denial that is powered by dissonance. Uh, and uh, the last barrier is identity. We, we perceive ourselves in a certain way and we, we have a need to belong to a certain tribe, a certain group. And when this group is threatened by something, the other thing, no matter if it's right or wrong, if it's threatening your group, it's actually wrong. It's more important to be in your group than to be right. This is how, this, how does this play with uh, climate change, this group thing? We belong to a group and a society that uh, need to function uh, things that will destroy the climate. Mm. And uh, the climate, uh, we say that the climate destruction as well, it's uh, threatening our tribe. So we don't like it. So we don't want to hear about it either. That's a good question. Mm. So yeah, there's like five big barriers he identifies. And in the book, he gives a lot of examples and um, as well uh, tricks to when you will try to communicate around the ecology and climate change. Mm. He gives tricks how to overcome these barriers. Mm -hmm. And uh, what will be the most important tricks? I, he gives like uh, tricks for every, for every one of the five barriers that I said, mm -hmm. which... Uh, where distance, doom, dissonance, denial, and identity. Mm -hmm. uh, like for example, for the distance, if you want to speak to someone in Holland, give an example that happens in Holland. Give the fact that uh, you can only build walls so high, and at some point if the water gets too high, well... Uh, we were swimming. <laughs> well, I mean, my house will be underwater for two, two three meters. <laughs> and I'm, I'm living maybe 15 minutes away from the ocean. Hmm. So it's quite far inland. You have a nice ocean view and then the ocean will view you. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be quite difficult. And it's very costly to maintain it as well in Holland. Mm -hmm. We Every citizen pay, pays with the, the taxes. Yeah, that's one thing he mentioned in the book as well. He's very uh, positive about uh, ecology. And he's saying like uh, not going towards something that is climate friendly. Usually the argument is, is too costly. But he's saying and advocating mm -hmm. that it's actually less costly because the cost will keep on increasing for the other method, for the business as usual. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a, a less costly solution, it's just that we can't see, see it right now because... We are too occupied maybe with our own problems. We might be short-term, yeah. have a short-term vision, yes. Well, but it has been always... Everything is kind of short-term thinking, like politically way. In the, in the democracy world at least mm. because 
in the end politicians want to be elected for the next coming years. That's really it. And often you don't make popular uh, votes, or people won't vote very quickly if you make those unpopular statements of, okay, we're gonna raise maybe taxes on CO2, I don't know, on or have to pay more for your car or uh, petrol. And it's, it's asking the, the right question, who has to gain to implement things that are good for the climate? I think it would be nice if we find a way to make everyone feel like they have to gain something from it. Mm. Because for now we only see the loss, we see the, the yeah. money that goes away from the tax, we see the, uh, all the loss in crops, like we only see loss but we cannot see really the gains. No. So that's kind of the thing he says in the five main strategy for climate communication, like the, the five points after the five barriers, like five kind of how to do, like five problems, five how to do, mm. and these five how to do, I like build your message on the, the social part, build on social networks, which means uh, like put people that are really well known into it, or uh, when you will speak about climate change, don't make it uh, like a boring conference or a boring podcast. <laughs> 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 Maybe you could more make it like a fun party or something. Mm -hmm. Well, makes uh, sense. Yeah, no. but we don't do it so much. It, it, when you say it, it makes sense. So this is something yeah, that I think goes the right way. That is very how we do in everything. It, no matter what you do, like in school, you don't hear what you do good. You do what you do. You only hear what you do bad. Yeah, how many points you, you lose? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't say okay, let's do it this way because it's better. I don't know. No, you do this. You should do not this because you did it wrong. Yes. But then I think you should hear a bit of wrong as well. Yep. But this yeah, yeah. we already we largely done for the climate. But I think, uh, well, I don't know, since I'm getting in more into this topic anyway, before I didn't know anything about climate since I came to Sweden. So before, but what I know is that I guess last 50 or one, maybe 100 years there has been so much research on climate. We already know it changes, but people don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Why? He's looking at the psychological path and like, uh, mm -hmm. our friend uh, Per next to again. Per Espens. Stocknes. He's a beautiful Per Stocknes. He has a very nice name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the, the five strategies he gives is like uh, be social, be supportive. This means like uh, use. Um, positive emotion in your message and this is done this is much more trendy like mm -hmm. there is even a name for it people speak about positive ecology uh -huh. and I think the one of the best examples about that is something I will talk a bit, a bit later a French movie oh. how once a friend did something good wow. and so the third main strategy after being social and supportive is uh, make being green simple mm. in a way like make it the basic choice for example, uh, the example he gave in the book that I remember was that he speak about a printer and say make the the basic the basic stage in the printer to be the printer will print of both sides of a page. For example, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very small detail, but then people will agree to have it on both sides. Just they don't change the set, yeah. and then you you print like a thousand pages. You're like, oh no, it's could have been five hundred. Ah. But if it was simple to do it, mm. a lot more people would do it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth thing that I really like, and this is something I'm convinced about, uh, the fourth main strategy, after being social, supportive and simple, 
is to be story based because we have a lot of story we go to the cinema a lot mm. you and I we know we go to the cinema yeah well too much John <laughs> Wick yeah. our, our, our hero <laughs> John Wick the hero <laughs> he's a very he loves animals as well and yeah <laughs> yeah it's true yeah. He, he's advocating for animal protection yeah basically that's why he goes on a rampage yeah <laughs> we should see if uh, John Wick could be a good means to transmit uh, ecological consciousness maybe <laughs> we can uh, we keep that in mind for something yeah uh, and so the, like, the, the story based thing with the being supportive like the best example of that is a French movie called uh, Tomorrow mm-hmm. or Demain in French mm-hmm. and they choose to be to look at all the positive things that happens uh, with society regarding the climate mm-hmm. and it's true that every time I watch this movie I know what they talk about but every time I watch it when I go uh, out of the room and I watch watching it I feel uh, empowered. I want to do things. I haven't. But how does this movie go? Because I don't know it actually. I mean, then we can speak about it uh, a bit later, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they look at the most important part of society, and they look at uh, alternatives that have been done all over the world mm. to uh, show that actually people do find solution to things we think are without alternative. Mm. There are things they look at. Um, Agriculture for food, they speak about permaculture, they look at energy, economy, uh, education, and a five one, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, so like, and they really speak about this power of the story because, like, if you. We have so many movies that speak about the end of the world that it's really easy for us to imagine how the end of the world will look like. It's like uh, the movie is uh, Day After Tomorrow, whatever. Exactly, yeah, all. yeah. But like, how many movies do we have that uh, everything goes actually quite alright? It uh, doesn't have to be alright, it has to be a story where humans manage to get out of the climate crisis and manage to make something out. Mm. I think there are more and more movies like this that are popping up now, but still very... Little. I mean, yeah. I think that... I think it's difficult uh, for, um, uh, for a real movie, like a Hollywood movie, to make a... Like a good money out of it, you know. I think they want to have like. You think the, it is? Yeah, I think in that in that perspective, the money is a very important factor for yeah. making a movie successful. And mostly, people are going only to movies which have action, some explosions, or something exciting. You know, I don't know. Uh, what would it look like uh, a climate positive movie with explosions? What would be the plot? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, if someone has a project idea of uh, <laughs> a climate positive movie with uh, John Wick, with Kenny Reeves. <laughs> yeah, but then it becomes uh, how I vision now, it's like it becomes a little bit like the, the day after tomorrow movie, then kind of apocalypto kind of movie. Mm. Then, but that's also a little bit well, too much, I guess. In the end, it will be too warm, probably, in a lot of parts in, the, in, the, in this planet. Only the, our species will have a lot of... Uh, will suffer from it, I guess. Earth itself won't have any problem, but uh, <laughs> it's us who has to cope with it. 
Yeah, of course. Like the, this whole climate things have always been about like trying us. to save us. We of are course. we very eccentric. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. It's only about us. I mean, that's a very making us more relaxed as well. Like if we were to fail to not disturb the climate so much that we won't be able to live anymore, like we haven't destroyed much more than the planet for a certain amount of time. Mm. After some time. Life is believed to flourish again. Yeah. It's just us that we love. It's just inconvenient for for us now, and maybe over ten thousands of years, there will be a new <laughs> kind of species uh, growing coming up. I think it's a good way to put it: inconvenient. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like the fifth um, main strategy he mentioned for climate communication is uh, signals in a way to get the uh, feedback. To know, like people are agree, they they agree to do something good for the climate, mm. but they want to be cheered for it. They want to have a way to know that they're doing it, and really all of this all connect together. For example, if you mix like social and signals, mm. you can have a way to show your neighbors that you recycled more than them, mm. or you can show them that you're consuming less electricity than them. So it's like a social scoreboard. Exactly. Like what they try to do in China. Yeah, but the objective would be different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that 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 sounds very uh, idyllically. It has some mm-hmm. danger parts on it as well yeah, for social control. Do you think it's dangerous to be too idealistic when we speak about climate? Uh, some people would uh, would put it that way. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I for me personally, I think it's very important uh, climate to address the the problem itself. But to have a social scoreboard for it, like. That the social scoreboard we have for now, it can be money. Yeah, money is some kind of a scoreboard we have, so... Yeah, status, kind of, right? Reputation. Yeah, that was a big thing that probably a lot, lot of people are speaking about in another book called The Sexy Environmentalist as well. Mm-hmm. If being environmental friendly were giving us a lot of uh, social status, it would be something we do a lot. Yeah. But I think it already changed a lot how it is from... I don't know, like 10 years ago or 20, people who were acting green and biology were a little bit strange. <laughs> when I remember... You're strange. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I... Or maybe it's my different bubble now, I guess, social bubble. But back then, when I lived in Holland, people were like biologists or... <laughs> uh, or people said, I'm a vegetarian. I was like... Why? Why are you so strange? You know, like I don't know. But yeah, now I guess if you tell something, more companies want to be associated with green and yeah, eco-friendly becomes more trendy. I guess there is more business opportunity into yeah siding with these people. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, green branding is very important for uh, image and reputation as well. Yeah, so I think it becomes a bit more important every every year. Yeah, but I, I see a lot of uh, green brand appearing everywhere and I'm starting to get lost in it. Yeah, it's too much. Mm. Decisive, what do you call it? Make people uh, confused. Confused. Like my uh, my very successful thesis about eco-labeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah, but that was the book I wanted to tell you about. Well, I didn't really speak about the third part because I didn't think it was the most important part. Mm. But mostly, 
I really like that he, I think it's really great work to have been identifying these five barriers and these five ways to improve your climate message. I should use it more when I speak about climate review. Mm. Uh, and usually when I hear a book that is making like the five most important points to do uh -huh. something, it can be quite scared, but this one I recommend. Mm. Like two men, one story, why well, we want you to get rich? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that was a thank you for your small review on your book. No problem. See ya. See ya next time.